The Laws of Forbidden Foods, Chapter 8. The prohibition of eating the Gidenasha applies to kosher animals, whether they're domesticated or undomesticated, whether they are properly slaughtered or not, and whether they have been sanctified as korbanes. The prohibition of the Gidenasha applies to both legs, and according to the Torah, the only thing that's actually prohibited is the hip socket, but according to the rabbis, the remainder of the gid, that is, the cord or the thread, which is both above the hip socket and below the hip socket, and the fat that surrounds it, is prohibited to be eaten. There are two gidin, that is two sinews of threads. The one that is closest to the bone is the one that is us according to the tyro, and the upper one is only us according to the rabbis. Okay, quick, what is the Gidenasha? So in the 32nd chapter of Bracius of Genesis, the night before Yaakov confronts Esav, the Torah says that an unidentified person, which some commentaries say is like Esav's angel, wrestled with him the entire night. And when he couldn't defeat him, he dislocated Yaakov's Gidanasha, typically referred to as a sciatic nerve. And immediately following this, the Torah says that the children of Israel do not eat the Gidanasha. So the sciatic nerve uh, runs down the back of an animal's hind leg. And as we see in this halacha, the rabbi said that not only is the nerve usser, but also the fat around it. Okay, back into the book. Someone that eats the portion of the sciatic nerve, the gidenasha, which is usser according to the Torah, gets lashes. And if he has the fat, or the rest of the gid, he gets makis mardus, that is, lashes for rebellious behavior. The amount that one would have to eat in order to be chayev is a kazayas, as always. But if someone eats the actual nerve, which is usser according to the Torah, then we treat it like a beria, which means that since it is an independent unit, one is liable for eating it even if he eats less than a kazayas. Third halacha. If someone has a kazayas of the gid on the right side and a kazayas of the gid on the left side, or two different gidin, then he gets lashes twice. Fourth halacha. Eating the sciatic nerve of a non-kosher animal is not an independent prohibition. Not only that, but the nerve is not considered to be really meat. That said, the fat around the gid is meat. So if a person had the fat around the gid, then he is liable for eating a non-kosher animal, but not for eating the gid anasha. Six halacha. But if he eats the gid anasha of a nevela, that is an animal that died without being properly shechted, or a trefa, which is an animal that was about to die before it was shechted, that person would be liable twice, right? Once for nevela and once for the gid anasha. Seventh halacha. Someone that removes the gid anasha has to really get in there and make sure that it's all gone, and we take the butcher's word for it, just like with chalif. But that also means that one should not buy meat unless he's buying it from a person who is trustworthy. Eighth halacha. In Chutzah one has to specifically find a trustworthy butcher, but in Eretz Yisrael, meat may be purchased from anyone. Ninth halacha. If a butcher was considered to be trustworthy, and then it was found out that he was selling nevela or trefa, he has to return the money to the owners, and he is ostracized and removed from his position. There is no possible way for him to go back to his position, so that people would be allowed to purchase meat from him, unless he moves to a different place where no one knows him, and he returns a lost object that's very expensive, or he shechs for himself, and there's a trefa that would be very expensive, and he gets rid of it anyway. These things show that he did tshuva, so he could return to his position. Tantalacha. Someone who purchases meat and then sends it with a regular person, the regular person is trusted to carry the meat, and we're not concerned that maybe he'll switch the meat. Servants and maidservants are also trusted but a non-Jew is not trusted because we're concerned that maybe he'll switch the meat. 11th halacha. If there are 10 meat stores in town, and 9 of them sell kosher meat, and one of them sells non-kosher meat, and one bought meat from one of the stores, but he doesn't know which one, the meat is presumptively not kosher. The term here is kol kavua kemechsa dami, which means anything that's established is considered to be half and half. If, however, he found the piece of meat on the street, so that's not called kavua, and therefore you would go according to the majority. Since the majority is kosher, we assume the piece of meat is kosher. 12th halacha. According to a simple understanding of the Torah, if there's meat that's found in the hand of a non-Jew, and most of the meat sellers in the town are kosher, we can assume the meat is kosher. However, the rabbis have already said that if meat is found in the hands of a non-Jew, or in the marketplace, it is assumed to be not kosher. And even if it was in his house, and then it disappeared, and then it reappears, unless it has a distinguishing mark on it so you know that's the meat, we assume that it could be not kosher. 13th halacha. If there was a container of meat that was hanging, and it fell, and it broke open, and the pieces went onto the ground, and there was no sign of the pieces so you would know exactly which pieces came from the container, and the owner wasn't specifically familiar with the pieces, the pieces are assumed to be not kosher, because an animal could 
could have taken them away and returned with different pieces. 14 talacha. Even though a Jew is not allowed to eat the Gidanasha, he's allowed to derive benefit from it. And so therefore it can be sent to a non-Jew, or a part of the animal that has a Gidanasha can be sent to the non-Jew so that he could eat it. 15 talacha. Any place in the tire where it says, do not eat. And here Rambam brings down several iterations of this. We can assume that the prohibition also covers benefit. Unless there's another Pasuk which makes it clear that benefit is not prohibited. For example, with respect to Nevela, it says that a Ger Taishav within your gates should be given the Nevela. So obviously it's not prohibited for benefit. Same thing is true for Chalev. Also, if there's an oral tradition that the thing is not prohibited for benefit, then it's not prohibited for benefit. And that includes blood, Avraminachai, and the Gidanasha. 16 Talacha. person is not given lashes for deriving benefit from something that he is not allowed to derive benefit from. For example, if he gave it to his dog, but he would be given Makas Mardis, that's lashes for rebellious behavior. If he sold it to a non-Jew after getting the Makas Mardis, he would be allowed to keep the money. Even things that are Mutterbana, is things that one is allowed to benefit from, they nonetheless should not be involved in selling them for a living, other than Chalev. That is, a Jew should not make a living selling nevelis or trephis and other such things. 17 talacha. If someone traps animals and he happens upon a trap that has a non-kosher animal in the trap, he is allowed to sell the non-kosher animal to a non-Jew. He's not making his living by selling a non-kosher animal. He intends to get a kosher animal. But if he happens to get a non-kosher animal, he's allowed to sell that and make money. 18 talacha. General rule is like this. Anything which is us or according to the Torah to eat, a Jew should not make a living on it. But anything where the prohibition derives from the words of the rabbis, it is permissible to make a living selling that thing.